Welcome to A Legacy of Preaching with Dr. Bill Burr. For one to have a legacy of faithful preaching, they must love God, love God's truth, and love to preach His truth. Dr. Bill Burr excelled in all of these areas, and he has certainly left us all a legacy of faithful preaching. Now, let's all tune in for this great message from God's Word with Dr. Bill Burr. Ephesians chapter number five. We'll talk to you tonight for just a little bit about uh, the Spirit of God and why we need to be filled with the Spirit. Amen. Now, I believe with all of my heart that this is one of the greatest needs in the, the churches today. And I'm talking about fundamental Baptist churches across our land. I believe the need is for people to be filled with the Spirit of God. Amen. I believe that with all of my heart, with all of my soul. And I thank God that uh, you can be filled with the Spirit. Amen. I don't believe you have to go through uh, all of your Christian experience as if you're defeated and discouraged and downcast. I believe you can be on top of things. I believe you can be uh, successful. I believe you can live a an overcoming, victorious Christian life. And I, I believe that every person here tonight can do that. I don't believe there are any exceptions. I believe it's a possibility for every person in this room tonight. Now we're going to pray, and then we're going to read some Scripture together, and I'll give you a message tonight, not be a long message, but something that I trust will stir your heart. Brother, uh, Lord, would you stand please right where you are and ask God's blessing upon the message tonight? Would you do that? Every head bowed and every heart bowed, and we'll pray and ask God to bless. Amen. Yes, amen. Yes, amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Brother Lloyd. Now, I want your attention for about 30 minutes tonight. Give me about 30 minutes of your time. And uh, we'll be over, and we'll be moving back into the back room back here to have some fellowship together tonight. But um, I have a good message tonight, and one that I trust will be of great value to you. Now, have you ever stopped and wondered why God seems to just bless more in the lives of some people than He does in the lives of others? I believe with all of my heart, that in God's sovereign grace, he'll bless who he will. Amen? Whom he will. I mean, listen, if God chooses to bless one man seemingly more than he does another, that's fine. But I also believe that many times we lack in the blessings of God because we're not filled with the Spirit. Now, I'm not talking about what the charismatics uh, stress. I'm not talking about um, a so-called second blessing I'm not talking about some uh, second work of grace. I'm not talking about being able to speak in tongues. Have you ever paused long enough to think that the greatest preachers that ever lived and walked on the face of this earth, I'm talking about men like D.L. Moody, men like R.A. Uh, Torrey, I'm talking about men like C.H. Spurgeon, I'm talking about men like uh, Charles Finney, and Sam Jones and uh, uh, George Whitfield, 
I'm talking about modern day saints of God that get the job done. Uh, you could name Lee Robertson and, and, uh, and Harold Seitler and, uh, Jack Hiles and, and men of this stature that, um, are really getting the job done. Have you ever paused to just think that none of these men have ever, uh, spoken in some ecstatic utterance called by some an unknown tongue? Now they just never have done it. Isn't that strange? I mean, that's right. And, and have you ever, have you ever noticed this? There's not any books written. Now, I read a lot and I have a library back there and I have book on, books on doctrine and, uh, uh, books that have been written. I mean, volumes of book, uh, books on commentaries of the scripture and, 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 and not, without exception, there's not a one, not a one that is a reputable so-called scholar, someone who really knows and and rightly divides the Word of God and one that is respected in the circles of fundamentalism, there's not a one that has had an experience of speaking in some unknown tongue. So I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about this thing of of overemphasizing the healing ministry when we talk about the, the filling of the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm not talking about complete sanctification as some uh, speak of where they say that we're completely uh, uh, free from sin after we get saved. We don't sin anymore. Now, you know that's a lie, and I know that's a lie, and you know that there's no man walking around on the face of this earth today who has the, I don't care who he is, Ernest Angsley, uh, I don't care uh, if his name is Oil Roberts or Jimmy Swigert or, or any of the rest of these men. None of them are able to walk up as Peter and John did years ago and say, silver and gold have I none. Boy, they sure can't say that. Amen. I mean, most of them are, are working in the millions and millions and millions of dollars. I think I heard Jim Baker recently say that he was looking for uh, 70 something. I think he said 75. Now, I may be wrong. And you forgive me, but I'll tell you what, the figure was almost astronomical. I mean, I, I didn't know there's that much money in the world, and that's what they're trying to raise. And, and so these men surely can't say, silver and gold have I none, but I'll tell you something else they can't say either. They can't do and say as Peter and John did, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. I challenge any man on the face of this earth today to do that and perform miracles uh, that were performed in the New Testament days. They just can't do it. I'll tell you something else. They can't raise the dead. Did you ever stop to think about that? Oh, they talk about casting out demons. They talk about uh, healing and they talk about preaching the gospel. But there's another part of that commission that's given in Matthew 10. And Brother Dennis, it says that they're to raise the dead. Now that means the, uh, the, uh, uh, physically dead. Those that over here in the mortuary tonight and over in, in other places around the city, uh, Peter and John and Paul and those men could walk inside a room and raise the dead. Now I challenge any of these people, the so-called charismatics, uh, today, uh, to fulfill any of those uh, things that those men in the 
early days of signs and wonders, miracle working power in the New Testament church were able to perform. They just can't do it. So you can just put it down. I'm not talking to that crowd tonight. I'm not talking about that crowd. I'm not going to skin any hides tonight. I'm not going to get up here and talk about smiling Jim and all that crowd. I mean, listen, I'm going to let them alone tonight and if I can. If I can, I'm going to let them alone and I'm just going to move along and talk about the fullness of the Spirit of God. And we find it in Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse number 16. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, I believe with all of my heart that the Bible clearly teaches the experience of the fullness of the Spirit. As a matter of fact, we are commanded in the Word of God right here to be filled with the Spirit. Now, here's a picture of someone who is drunk. Have you ever seen a drunk? I, the most pathetic thing that you've ever seen in your life and one of the most comical things that you'll ever see in your life uh, as far as just just looking comical is a drunk. Have you ever noticed them? They always stand around with their hands in their pocket and they always are standing there trying to keep their balance. Have you ever noticed that? They rock up on their heels. Have you ever seen them walk down the street? They walk down the street. Their coat is off to one side and they stand back and forth, you know, and, and they lost all control. I watched a man one day trying to get into his house in Norfolk, Virginia. He had two bags of groceries in his arm. He walked down to the porch, just two steps up. He walked down and put his leg up like this. And instead of going forward and stepping up, he put it up and he did like this and he went backwards. Well, he zeroed in on it, Brother Bob, gave it a once over, you know, looked at it real good. And here he went again. And he got up there and put his leg up. And when he did, he went backwards. Well, finally, Pasco, he went down to the other end of the porch where it was just about this high. He put his two bags of groceries down on the porch and got down on his all fours, crawled up on the porch, and got his two bags and went in the, in the house. Now, he was completely under the influence of alcohol. It was, it was controlling his actions and everything that he did. Now, God says, be not drunk with wine. Now, that's a direct command in the Word of God. But on the other hand, in the same sense that a man is fully controlled by strong drink, he uses it as an illustration. He said, do not be like that, but be filled with the Spirit. Now that means to be totally controlled and under the influence of the Spirit of God. And my friend, you cannot get anything done for Jesus Christ in this world today unless the Spirit of God does it. Amen. Now you can mark her down. You can go out somewhere. Young folk, listen to me. You can go out and you can start yourself a business. You can sell vacuum cleaners and you can promote and you can have uh, sales meetings, and you can bring in uh, men who are uh, give uh, talks and motivate you to sales, and uh, and you can build a business of selling vacuum cleaners. 
And uh, uh, now Miss Singleton back here, she sells Mary Kay products. Isn't that right? And they're always giving you these sales uh, seminars and they're trying to get you stirred up uh, to be a salesman. Now, you can do that. You can build up a business. Uh, but I want to tell you something. You can't do anything in the realm of the Spirit without God. Amen? You can promote. You can organize. Uh, you can have a church so organized that, that, that you have Sunday school teachers and department heads and everything else under the sun. And, and without God Almighty moving on the scene, it will not ever amount to anything that is lasting. Amen. It may rise up for just a little while, but my friend, it will come down. It will have no lasting results unless the Spirit of God enters into it and unless it's built on the Word of God. So I'm telling you tonight, this is a great need in Baptist churches is for people to be filled with the Spirit. Now I want to give you about six or seven things tonight. And I want you to think about these. Number one, we need to be filled with the Spirit of God simply because uh, uh, it's through the fullness of the Spirit that we, we receive power in prayer. Now, you just can't pray. You ever heard people pray? You ever listen to them? You can tell. Listen, even when somebody prays in public, when, when you get into a meeting with a group of men for a prayer meeting, you can tell most of the time how much they spend alone with God by the way they even pray in public sometimes. I'm telling you that you need to be filled with the Spirit in order to have power to pray and to get a hold of the altar and to pray and have power and influence with God. Did you know this? He teaches us what we ought to pray for. Now, a lot of us, we pray amiss. We don't know what we need. A lot of us, why? Some of us get down and pray, Lord bless us. We need, uh, we need money to pay our bills. You say, Lord, I believe you ought to bless us and give us plenty of food. Well, maybe, maybe you need to know what it is to go hungry for a little while. Maybe you need to know what it's like to go into the cabinet and have nothing but beans and a little meal. Uh, maybe you need to know what it's like to be able to go and uh, take a bath and, and, and look around and not be any soap in the house. Huh, Ms. Burr? <laughs> We're out of soap. reason I use that as an illustration. <laughs> may, may, I'm not kidding you. I mean, listen, Mary Beth come to the house tonight and said, Mama, where's the soap? She said, there ain't none. And, uh, but we're going to get some. Don't worry about it. I mean, I, as, soon as, I can get, as soon as I can get to the store, I'm going to get some. But I, I'm telling you, sometimes we, we pray amiss. Why, I've seen the time when I thought I needed a, a new Cadillac automobile or Lincoln. And you know I don't need that. Wouldn't that be the silliest thing you ever saw in, my, in your life? Me pulling up in front of somebody's house to do my visitation in a, in a, in a big uh, black limousine automobile with um, uh, fins on the back and, and those red lights, you know, that flash on and off and mud flaps and foxtails and, and all this. Well, uh, I, I'd be out of place. And, and so the Spirit of God knows what we need. And He teaches us what we need to pray for, you see. And so that we won't pray amiss, so that we won't pray outside of God's will. And then He encourages us as we pray. Sometimes we become tired of praying for certain things. Because uh, sometimes we become discouraged 
And it's the Spirit of God that lifts our heart and tells us just to keep on praying. And then being filled with the Spirit makes us qualified to pray. I mean, listen, you can't pray if you've got sin in your life. That's right. I mean, listen, if you have iniquity in your heart, the Bible says the Lord uh, will not hear you. I mean, if you have sin, it drives a wedge between you and God. So you've got to have a clean heart in order to pray. You need, and when you've got a clean heart, why, that's an open door for the Spirit of God to come in and fill your heart. Amen. So I'm telling you tonight that he teaches us what we ought to pray for, and then he makes us qualified to pray in the fact that we have to pray and confess our sins and live right. Listen, you have to live right in order to pray right. Some of you think, well, hey, you know what? I doubt very seriously if anybody here tonight in this congregation, maybe one or two, but most of the people in this congregation here, you've never prayed all night long. You've never prayed half the night. I mean, some of you haven't prayed an hour all week long. Some of you, I doubt very seriously, has even prayed today at all. I mean, you just spend no time with God at all. Now, you know why? Because you aren't filled with the Spirit. Because you haven't confessed your sin. Because you haven't been reading your Bible. Because you've been laying out of church. Because you've been robbing God. Because you haven't been witnessing like you should. And what you need is to confess your sin, be empty of self, and ask God to come in and fill you, and then you'll be able to pray better. And then secondly, let me give you this. Through the fullness, we receive victory in our heart. Now, I want you to know and understand tonight that being filled with the Spirit makes the things of life, of this life, become dim to us. I mean, when you're filled with the Spirit of God, you don't care much about the things of this world. I mean, those things can go on down the road, you know. I mean, you don't care anything about fine automobiles and and you don't care that much about nice homes. Nothing wrong with a fine automobile. Amen. I wish everybody had one. It'd be all right to have one. Nothing wrong with it if you can afford it. There's nothing wrong with a fine house and a home if you can afford it. But my friend, that ought not be the first thing in your life. And you ought to have some victory in your heart. And, and uh, a lot of people accuse me of being emotional. And I want you to know that's true. Amen. I am emotional. I get stirred up. I, I get happy in my heart. And, and bless your heart. Uh, when, you, when you're filled with the Spirit, you'll be happy in your soul. Some of you look around tonight. I, uh, when these dear ladies were up here singing tonight, I look around at some of you. You look like you're in left feet. You like you've been sucking on a, a dill pickle all day long. And I, you sat there with your lip turned wrong. Been, uh, look like you've been got a hold of uh, a green persimmon or something. And, it, and you look like an old sourpuss. Listen, that song, I'm feeling mighty fine. Amen. I woke up with heaven on my mind. Would you rather wake up like that than yeah. some of the things of the world on your mind? Yeah. I mean, listen, you, you don't want to wake up like that country music singer. Huh? He said, I'm laying here with my wife, but wonders on my mind. You don't want to be like that. I can't think of anything better than I woke up this morning with heaven on my mind. Huh? I mean, listen, you don't need to wake up thinking about some other woman. You don't need to wake up thinking about something in this world. You don't need to wake up thinking about television. You need to wake up thinking about God. Amen. I'm telling you tonight, 
when you're filled with the Spirit of God, the joy bells be ringing in your heart. I want people to know I'm emotional. Amen. I don't want to be an old dried up dead head. Brother Guy went to church last week. He said he got out there and he said, Amen. And people looked around at him like, you know, something, something happened to him. Well, bless God, make them feel ill at ease. Huh? I mean, just shout a little bit. You go somewhere where they don't shout, get up and shout. Amen. Let them know there's something to be happy about and rejoicing over. I mean, listen, people that are filled with the Spirit of God, they have joy in their heart. And they do get emotional. And they get stirred up. And then let me give you this. You need to be filled with the Spirit because through the fullness we receive power in soul winning. You know why you don't win souls? Not filled with the Spirit. That's right. Your testimony is shot. People have no confidence in you. They see you on Sunday morning. Listen, a lot of times, uh, Sunday night, Wednesday night, some of you folk right here tonight in this congregation, some of you visitors say, oh, you mean there's people here tonight? Like, yeah. Yeah, there's people right here tonight in this service seated here that your friends and your neighbors in the community where you live they see you lay up on Sunday morning just like this. You don't go to church on Sunday night. You don't go on Wednesday night. They see how you live. Now listen, you can't fool people like that. Your testimony is shot. You say, what can I do about it? Well, you can reestablish it. You can begin by getting up and going. You can begin by walking right, talking right, dressing right, living right, every day of your life, living for God. I'll tell you, when you feel with the Spirit of God, you'll win souls. Our testimony is powerless unless we're filled. There's no burden for souls unless we're filled. Listen, you're not going to cry and weep over the souls of men and women and boys and girls unless you're filled with the Spirit of God. There's no wisdom in personal work unless we're, we're filled. I mean, listen, you'll go about things in a wrong way. You'll have a wrong attitude about you. You'll have wrong motives about you unless you're filled with the Spirit of God. And then I want you to notice this. Fourthly, you need to be filled with the Spirit because it's through the fullness that we receive power in Christian living. Now, some of you live defeated lives. Now, come on. I know you. I know you. You're not fooling me. Listen, some, some of you right now, you know, you know why people go to sleep in services? You know why people sit and have a time keeping their eyelids open? You say, yeah, because the preaching's not what it ought to be. Huh? You go to sleep because you just aren't interested in spiritual things and the preaching of God's Word doesn't stir your soul. You let a man of God get up and start preaching, bless your heart. I don't go to sleep. It doesn't bother me. I can ride all night long, be up all night long, ride hundreds of miles, and I can sit in the service and be wide awake. Why? Because, bless your heart, when a man stands up to preach, there's something that starts down in my soul and makes me alive to the Word of God. Some of you here tonight, you're here because it's out of a sense of duty that you came this way. 
You say, oh, Brother Bill, this is one of those mean sermons. No, no, listen. I'm just telling you tonight, listen, you need to be filled with the Spirit of God. Amen? You need this. I, I mean, listen, I'd be a sorry, a sorry preacher if I didn't tell you the truth tonight. Now, listen to this. In the fifth place, you need to be filled with the Spirit because it's through the fullness that we're taught the Word. Amen. You can't understand the Word of God unless you're filled with the Spirit. I'd rather hear somebody get up and just murder the king's English and uh, uh, just speak in a way that, that is, uh, I, I mean, the English teachers would laugh at him. I'd rather hear somebody like that that's filled with the Spirit of God than I had to hear. I mean, listen, correct English is fine, but I want you to know that the Spirit of God is far better. Amen. When I went away to school, Brother David, Brother Dennis, and I just sat down one day and I said, Dear God, I'm not going to worry about that English anymore. I'm just going to preach and I want to know your divine presence in my life. I would rather be filled with the Spirit of God and walk with God and fellowship with God and have communion with God than I had to be the most educated and profound man that walks upon this earth. I'm telling you, unless you experience the fullness of the Spirit, my friend, you'll never amount to a row of beans as far as God is concerned. And then sixthly, I believe it's through the fullness of the Spirit that we're made like Jesus. Amen. I mean, listen, when you're, when you're like Jesus, uh, it'll make you humble. Amen. I mean, listen, the Spirit of God will keep you humble. The Spirit of God will make you love everybody like Jesus. The Spirit of God will make us concerned about the Father's business like Jesus was. Amen. I mean, listen, when you're filled with the Spirit, He'll come out. Amen. And people will know it all around you. And people, you know, people have a way. Now, listen, I want you to get this. People know when you're slipping them a curve. Did you know that? People know when you care about them and when you don't. And you may fool them sometimes, but in the long run, it'll be the fullness of the Spirit of God that convinces people that you really care about them. Do you know there's a lot of preachers around, now listen to me, a lot of preachers around that wouldn't take a church that couldn't pay them a good salary. They wouldn't do it. Now I want you to know this, Brother Law and Brother Jimmy are here tonight, and I I never have said anything about you you two men about what you're going to pay me. Have Never have. Before When I come here, I never asked them. I never said how much you're going to pay me. I never did ask them uh, what kind of arrangements I'd have here in Beckley, West Virginia. I just prayed about it. And when I found out it was God's will for me to come here, you remember when I told you? <laughs> I said, it's God's will for me to come, and if you don't vote for me, I said, you'll be disappointed or something to that effect. Do you remember that? I said, I know it's God's will that I come, and you'd better vote for me. Amen. And uh, everybody did. Except maybe, I, I think, I don't know, I think one or two. And uh, one of those came to me later and said, Preacher, I want you to know I was scared of you. I was scared of you. 
but I want you to know if I had to do right now, I'd vote for you. I said, amen. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Thank God for that. Now, I'm telling you, friend, only those that are filled with the Spirit of God will be like Jesus, and people will know it. It'll break out on you. Amen. And number seven, it's through the fullness that we become obedient. Now, in the Word of God, we're told, we're commanded to be filled with the Spirit. Now, God blesses obedience. Amen. Obedience is better than sacrifice. My friend, there's got to be a longing in your heart for him. Amen. He says, I'll pour out water on them that are thirsty. I believe with all of my heart that before you can be filled with the Spirit. Now, listen to me. Don't, don't cut me off right now. This is important. Brother David, you'll never do anything for God unless you're filled with the Spirit. Never. Brother Dennis, you'll never do anything for God unless you're filled with the Spirit. I mean, no man, no woman in this place tonight will ever do anything for God unless you feel that I can't do anything for God unless I'm filled with the Spirit. You say, how do you do it? Well, first of all, you empty yourself. I mean, you confess your sin. Everything that you can think of and things that you can't think of, you confess those too. You say, dear God, I've, I've forgotten some things. I know. And Lord, I want you to forgive me of that. So you empty yourself. Get clean. There's not a woman here tonight. If you went into your kitchen to prepare food tonight, why, you wouldn't get a dirty vessel. You wouldn't get an old greasy pot been sitting there all day long and, and, uh, and put it back on the stove and use it again. No. Every one of you, you'd get a clean vessel if you're going to use it. Same way with God. God's not going to use you if you're dirty. And so I'm saying, number one, you had better confess your sin and be clean on the inside, empty of all self, empty of all your will, empty of everything that would come between you and God. And then you ought to ask Him. You ought to ask Him. You ought to say, Dear God, would you grant to me the fullness of the Spirit? Check up on your motive. Why do you want to know the fullness of the Spirit of God? Why would you like to have this building filled to capacity? Why would you like to have souls walk in the aisle? Why do you want to baptize so many every year? Why do you want to get the debt paid off? Why do you want to do all of these? Is it because you'd be able to go to your work and your place of job, wherever you work, and say, boy, look what we do. Look, look how many people we're having in attendance now. Look how many souls we're getting saved. Look what I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing. You better examine your motive, my friend, before God. And then this is the challenge. This is the challenge. Why don't you tonight, before you go to bed, why don't you just ask God? Why don't you spend some time in prayer? And why don't you seek to be filled with the Spirit of God? Amen. Amen.